0: This is the Gary V audio experience. Because we're going be we're gonna get their attention Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank uh, you. Thank you. So happy to be here. First and foremost, uh, I want to wish my sister Liz a happy birthday. Uh, it is her birthday, so let's clap it up for her. Uh, I got to speak on my mom's birthday and my sister's birthday this year, so it's pretty cool. Um, so look, I'm super excited to be here. I've been uh, dying to come to uh, your wonderful country. I appreciate the warm welcome, and I've spent a lot of time thinking about this conversation, this keynote, this event, and more importantly, why you're here, What value can I bring to you? What's happening in the moment? You know, my story is a very simple story in my mind. I stand here today for a couple of core reasons. Uh, Patience uh, at the forefront, uh, being a practitioner, uh, self-awareness. There's there's a lot that goes into this moment for me. And, And most of all, it's understanding the moment that we live in. And for me, the thing that excites me so much this afternoon is we're living in a remarkable moment where this device has fundamentally changed the outcome of all of our lives, whether you understand it or not. And I think what is most interesting is, have you, depending on what you're trying to achieve in your life, have you started harnessing the capabilities of this device? There are so many different people here with unlimited different circumstances, but one thing I know across this entire room, and I'm very flattered by the turnout, across this entire room, the one thing we are all connected by in our ambitions is that before you can achieve your ambition, you need the attention of other human beings to achieve it. If you do not have the attention of the end consumer when you are trying to raise money for your startup, when you are trying to sell your product, when you are trying to change people's minds, bring awareness to a cause that you are passionate about, when you are trying to achieve something, the starting point is attention. And the attention of the consumer has shifted to this device. The platforms on this device, the Facebooks and the Twitters and the Instagrams and the YouTubes and the LinkedIns and the Googles of the world, dominate our lives in a way that I think We're starting to understand. I think all of us agree that over the last two, three, four years, whether it's because of politics or your buying behavior, we're starting to all understand that this is a little bit bigger. I know that as somebody who's been standing on stages like this for 10 years talking about the power of Facebook and Twitter, that in 2009, whether it was the Arab Spring or other things that happened in the world, there was a little bit of understanding. Wait a minute, this is big big, but I think today as we stand here in 2018 and head into the next decade, I think people are starting to understand this isn't becoming big, this is the big thing and everything is secondary. I would argue that we are probably at the point now where life is actually being lived through here and this is now secondary. And I understand that a lot of people may not like that and that feels weird and I get it. The problem is technology doesn't care about how we feel. It just happens. Our grandparents, our great-grandparents, our great-grandparents, they thought a plane was weird. They thought a car was weird. They thought a television was weird. Technology is moving very quickly and attention is shifting very quickly. And there's only two things that matter to me in this talk today, and there's only two things that I'm gonna try to achieve here, which is, can I get your operating system in the right direction in two places? One, the most important operating system, which is this. Right? It makes me upset that you spend more time trying to fix your technology than fixing your brain. Right? And number two, your operating system on this. This and this, this and this. Do you even understand? You know, to me, this is an interesting conference. Why are you even here? You know, to me, the most interesting question is, why are you here? Well, I appreciate that. Thank you, but why, right? Like, I appreciate, there's a million different reasons, but if you're here just because you've been following along and you wanted to see me or things of that nature, I appreciate it, but why are you even following me in the first place? Where are you going? And more importantly, why? Are you driven by economics? Are you driven by legacy? Are you driven by the fact that you, you know, one of the things as an immigrant from the Soviet Union growing up on the East Coast of America, one of the things that I spend a lot of time, you know, one of the things that gravitate me so heavily to the Asian market in general, and I'm being general right here with the Asian market, but there's two things I'm unbelievably passionate about. Number one, just the hustle, grit, right? I am absolutely, in net score, blown away by the DNA of Asian entrepreneurs in general. It just has more grit than other parts of the world and I appreciate that, I gravitate towards that. The other thing I'm very fascinated by is parenting. And I am unbelievably passionate about the fact that I know pretty much, no matter what your age is here, I'm looking at everybody, pretty much across the board, in this entire room, I have a lot of different point of views on how you were parented than the way your parents parented you. I think one of the most interesting things about this part of the world is the pedestal that parents put on the past, which I believe is the modern education system, what you should be doing with yourself, and all the pressures that so many of us deal with to try to make our parents happy in the cliche doctor, lawyer, good school way in a world where everything's changed. That might have been very nice for 1997 and 1984 and 1976. There's a problem. The whole game of life because of technology has changed. We still live in a global education world where most kids are taught to memorize when everything is on your phone. We are living through a very important time, and so for me, the thing that I wanna get through is, do you understand why you're doing it? And are you capable of doing it and not worrying about other people's points of view on what you're doing? Most of all, your parents. Second of all, the other people that are closest to you. There is nobody in this room that's gonna achieve anything that they want if they're gonna worry about somebody else's point of view on what they want and how they're going about doing it. Let me make this very clear. Life is very binary. This is very black and white. If you are navigating your life right now with the fear of judgment of other human beings, regardless of who they are, starting with your mother and working all the way down, you are going to be limited in your happiness, comma, what you achieve. It's an incredibly difficult thing to achieve. I don't say it lightly. I don't think it's so easy. I'm just telling you how it is. And if you look at around and you look at how it played out, it's a very powerful thing. So I think one thing that you have to start understanding is, is it true? Is it you? One of my biggest problems is I'm 42 years old. I grew up in a world where entrepreneurship and business was not on a pedestal that it is today. I grew up in a time where education was the only way out. I grew up where getting a good job was a significant win, not, the word entrepreneur didn't even exist. In my adult adult life, I considered myself a businessman, not even the word entrepreneur coming out of my mouth until my late 30s, mid 30s. So my biggest fear right now is if I could wish you anything, if I could wish every person At this conference, anything besides health, anything besides health, the first thing I would wish you is self-awareness. Do you actually know yourself? The biggest problem is entrepreneurship went from something that nobody cared about to something that everybody now wants to be. When I look, if you're under 25 years old in the world right now, you only wanna be two things, an entrepreneur or an influencer. I mean, period. Only two things. The problem is 97% of people aren't good enough to do that. It's hard to do those things. So to me the biggest thing that I wanna lay down before I get into how you should do it and what content you make and what you should do, and I'll get into that in a minute. Before we get into those dynamics, I'm desperately interested in do you know yourself? Are you actually capable of doing that business or that app or that startup or that concept? I think one of the things that I spend a lot of time thinking about is that the 19th employee at Facebook made more money than the founder of almost every other company, period. And I just know that there's a lot of people in here right now that think they're gonna start the next Supreme or Adidas, or start the next Instagram or Facebook, or do this, that, and the other thing, and the reality is that they would be a remarkable number six a remarkable number 13, a remarkable number 49, and that's very important to me. The same way something else is unbelievably important to me, which is the following. There's a lot of people who wanna build a business, who are sitting here who started building a business, but they don't realize that making $100,000 a year and the business they have makes them very happy, but making $200,000 a year is gonna make them very unhappy and that delta isn't worth it. Self-awareness, my friends, listen, you would, be, you would not think of me the same way as a businessman if you realized how much money I leave on the table every year, how much money I've left on my career, how much that is not my KPI, that is not what I strive for. You would think about me differently. Some would think about me better, some would think about me worse. Left, right, that's fine. I don't really care, to be honest, I care for you to understand that when you understand yourself, the greatest thing that comes from it is you're happy. You also are far more likely to be successful because one thing that people don't talk enough about is how much hard work it actually takes to succeed. Just sheer time and effort. I think one of the great things about building a big business is the process. And yet, right now, my great fear is that so many people want the thing that you get from building a successful company, not the process of building a successful company. We are in such a world now where all of us, through the content we put out on whatever social network you use, are putting out such an extreme version of our lives that people are becoming envious of their friends, everybody in this room is now the PR agent of themselves. Everybody's putting out the best photo from their vacation ever. Everybody's putting out the most exciting night of their lives. People are actually now doing things in real life just for the photo to put on Instagram. (laughs) And this is very important to understand because we as humans are wired often to envy and be jealous and curious and dwell on not being on that boat and what that leads to is short-term behavior. Everybody's looking to make a quick dollar so that they can go on that yacht or go to a visa or buy that car or that bag or that sneaker and this is 100% the poison that is in the system. And so for me, I wanna know why Why do you want to be successful? For me, I didn't even really necessarily want to be successful, I just couldn't breathe if I wasn't selling something or building a business. It's all I knew. There was nothing else. It was why I was such a bad student. I couldn't even appease the hour I needed to be a decent student a day because I needed every minute selling baseball cards or wine or whatever I was up to at that point in my life. There was no choice, and so that's what I wish on everybody else, I wish that you wake up every morning and have no choice, that what you do is how you breathe. It's become so extreme for me, it makes me feel selfish of how it impacts my family or anything else because there's no choice, it's how I breathe. And so, listen my friends, I can tell you a lot of things. I can tell you the following things, in Malaysia, Easily, you should spend as much money on Facebook ads as you possibly can. I did the homework, it's ridiculous. Everybody here, I don't care what you do, you should buy Facebook ads, you should make pictures and videos, you should post them as often as possible, you should look at what works and what doesn't and keep doing it and you should do it a lot. With a, If you have a dollar, spend a dollar. If you have a million dollars, spend a million dollars. If you want a tactic to be successful, whether you sell popcorn or hats or you're a lawyer or you have a TV show, I don't care what you do, you should spend money on Facebook in Malaysia because it's grossly underpriced, period. If you came here for a tactic, like you want to write something down to do with your business, here it is. Spend as much money on Facebook as you can and now you can leave. Thank you for coming. (laughs) If you came for a tactic, and I'm not kidding, my career, the reason I get to stand up here, I'm good at certain things, I'm bad at certain things. The one thing I've been great at professionally is I've always executed in a place that was underpriced at the time, which helped me grow. People, you know, it's. When when you take a business that does $3 million a year and has 10% profit, $300,000, before expenses, you know, people had to get paid, and you grow that business from three to $60 million in seven years, and you didn't take any money from venture capital, or get a credit line from a bank, or do something else, to do that, you have to make every penny act like a $100 bill. That's what I did. In 1996, that was having a website, that was having an email service, and that was having a email service, a website, and most of all, Google AdWords. The reason I come here and yell so much about Facebook is because Google AdWords in 2001, two, three, four, five were so underpriced that when I was buying AdWords for five, 10 cents a click, they were returning so much money that I was able to grow. There's been nothing since 2002, three, four, five Google that looks like Facebook today in that last 13 years. That's why I come here and yell about it so much because I know it's a special moment in time and it's gonna go away because just like Google, those prices go up and just like Google, in the beginning, people clicked those ads on Google more than they do today and they were five cents. Now they're $15 and people click them less. Right now, Facebook and Instagram ads in the feed are underpriced, you're engaging with it, you're seeing it, in five to seven to nine years, we might be on voice devices, we might be on VR, we might be on AR, our attention is gonna move. It may be a new app that somebody in here does create that takes the attention. It's just attention, it's just attention. And once you have the attention, you have to know what to do with it. That's how you convert. I have the attention of everybody right now. If this is a good keynote, that will be good. And if it's not, that will be bad. It's not very complicated. Just because you buy Facebook ads, how many people here have bought Facebook ads and it didn't work? Raise your hand. Raise it high, it's good. Everybody's, like, raise it high, high. I know Asia doesn't like to show failures. Go higher, (laughs) higher, higher. Look at, hey, keep it up, I want everybody to look around. Hire, please hire, I want everybody to learn. Let's do it together. You've run Facebook ads and it didn't work. Raise your hands, look around. These people. <laughs> I'm kidding, but I'm not. Let me explain. What I mean by that is that execution by these people, but it doesn't mean it doesn't work, right? I always talk about a piano and a basketball. A piano, and a basketball, for me, has made me no money. But for Elton John and LeBron James, it's made them billions of dollars. The biggest problem right now with marketing is people do something, it doesn't work, and they think it doesn't work without realizing they didn't work. So for me, why I'm so passionate is because what's amazing is these products are underpriced in America but when you take them outside of America, they become even better. People in this room complain or cry or debate or worry that there's only 30 million people without realizing that that is normally the reason you have an advantage. To me, the great thing about being not in Silicon Valley in this era of technology eating up the world, you're able to see what's happening in mainland China and in the US and you're able to attack that here because humans are humans. Yes, there's different dynamics, but you're able to take tactics and deploy them within market. Influencers on Instagram in this market are grossly underpriced. Facebook is grossly underpriced. Podcast advertising here is grossly underpriced. Content marketing on LinkedIn, if you're in the B2B business here, is grossly underpriced. YouTube ads here as pre-rolls are grossly underpriced. So for me, pictures, audio, and video, and written words on these platforms is what you should be doing. And I think sometimes people struggle because they're looking for so many different complicated things, It's very simple. In 1984 in America, MTV had all the attention of all the kids and Michael Jackson and Madonna understood that and made as many videos as they could for that and they became the biggest stars in the world. It's not very complicated. I mean, the whole world's elections are getting twisted upside down because the world's changed, yet when it happened here, everyone's like, holy But why? You're watching it happen everywhere. This has happened. The biggest problem that most people make right now, in 2018, today, right this second, is they think it's coming. Yes, this is coming. This is coming. This has happened. This has happened. And so for me, as I, as I take the energy of the room, as I look at people who were hitting me up on the way here, as I'm looking at this market, there's a very difficult thing that I'm struggling with because the answer is both sides to what I'm about to say but I'm gonna paint you a picture. The biggest concern and exciting thing for me is actually the same thing and I don't know you individually to know but let me tell you what I mean by what I'm setting up. Most people here will be successful if they could be more patient for longer yet most people will fail in here if they're delusional and keep doing the same thing for a long time waiting for the thing to happen. It's one and the same. The most difficult question for me to answer is when should you stop doing what you're doing? Because I actually have to spend time with you and really look under the hood to know Are you completely in outer space and have a terrible idea and you stink and of course we should change it? Or the other thing that so many people struggle with, you're so impatient and you're so caught up in short term metrics like how many followers you have or how many sales you made or how many leads did you generate that you quit too soon because nothing happens overnight. It's one and the same. But that is what's happening. That is what's happening. This paradigm of that. And then, going back to where I started the operating system here, most people are in a place where they're coming from defense and they're letting other voices dictate their actions. So many of you want to be successful to prove to your parents that they were wrong and you were right to do this thing. The problem with that is, when you want to prove a parent wrong, how many people here are doing what they're doing because they love it, but there's a part of them that's doing it because they wanna prove somebody wrong. Raise your hand. Raise it high, I wanna get a sense. So for all the hands up, including myself, the vulnerability of that is you're so hungry to prove to somebody that they're wrong that you try to go too fast because you can't wait to get to the feeling of proving somebody wrong. My biggest thing is perspective. Do you have perspective? For example, do you understand how long you're gonna live? Like, obviously we don't know, anything can happen, but most of this room is probably gonna live for 50 to 70 years more. Yet, none of you act like that. You're gonna live for 50 to 70 years more but you're trying to rush into something, and when I say, I mean, I sit across people all the time that are 20, 30, 40, 50 years old, and I say, ooh, I like this. This is gonna take seven or eight years, and I think you really got something, and they're disappointed. They're like, you could see their face. Like, they think I'm super cool, they're super excited to get 10 minutes with me. We look at it, and I say, which is rare, because I only say one out of every 50 times, this is gonna work. It's in seven or eight years, I think you got something, and they're disappointed. And it runs through my head. This is, we're living in a world. This person's 27 years old. I told her she's going to win in seven years, and she thinks that's a disaster because she thinks 34 is old, or that's too long, or I don't want to wait that long. My friends, in America, the top 1% financially make the, the bottom, the bottom of the top 1%. To get into the top 1%, you have to make $440,000 a year, okay? 440,000 a year, which is an enormous amount of money. Yet, in the way it's currently structured, people don't even think anything successful until a million, and yet only 1% ever get there. Do you understand how rare it is To live a life where you're fully in control and don't work somewhere. Where you live your life based on how much you earn and pay all your bills and have all your fun based on yourself, that is super rare. That is super hard and to me, the reason I put entrepreneurship on a pedestal is because if you can be a successful entrepreneur, you get to live your professional life on your terms. You get to sleep in your bed. Let me tell you one thing about entrepreneurship that we don't talk enough about. With entrepreneurship, if you own it, if it's yours, everything is your fault. You know the best thing about working? Who works for somebody? Raise your hand. Raise your hand if you work somewhere. You know what the best part about working somewhere is? You get to blame somebody else. (laughs) No matter what, it's never your fault. They up, right? The worst part of being an entrepreneur if it's yours, is everything's your fault. People like blaming other people, but the reality is it's your fault. If it's broken over there, you employed that person to do it, that's your fault. But you're still in control and it is the best feeling. And so for me, I'm just in a place where does the person in this room understand why they're doing it, what do they want? I think we're in a place where people's, North Star are confusing. You know, it's very short term, and I'm just trying to get people to buy into different things. For me, if you actually love the process of building, if what makes you happy is building it, you will win forever. Because you've already won, like I'm winning every day regardless of the outcome, because my love is my process. It's very powerful, and, and I, I wish, I wish people spent more time with people that are older and understood what life is really about. I really do. Number two, do you understand how special right now is? This internet thing, it's gonna be big. And it's a lot bigger than we realize it. And for me, the fact that so many people here can get a piece is very powerful. We spend too much time on WeChat, uh, too much time on Facebook, too much time on Uber, we look up here. The magic of the internet is the long tail. The magic of the internet is the person who would've worked somewhere that they were not happy, who now sells cake on Instagram and makes 70,000 a year doing that and very happy versus making 81,000 being a lawyer or 67,000 being an executive. That is the power of this right now. Not that you're gonna build Instagram, not that you're gonna build Amazon or Weibo, that you can actually build a business or something for yourself that lets you do something you like versus something you don't like. Do you know what percentage of our time we spend at work? Just enormous amount. When you die, the amount of time you spend working is right there with sleeping. Like, you work and sleep take up your life. And so I think it's a big deal because it's practical, it's math. It takes up a lot of your life. And and do you know that there's a lot of people in this room who have a passion but the reason they won't leave their job right now is not because they can't afford it, but because they don't want to take a step back to take three steps forward. There are people in this room who will live the next 45 years of their life unhappy because they wanted two extra bedrooms in their house that they will never use. I'm being dead serious. You so care what other people think of you, you're not willing to sell your home and go live in a neighborhood that's not as nice, drive a car that's not as nice to start a business that will make you happy and so you will stay in a job for another 21 years that you hate just to pay for the facade of success of people's opinions that you value more than your own happiness. That with me like you would not believe. It blows my mind that most of the world is willing to live their life completely predicated on the judgment of other people. That is scary and I, look, and you, a lot of you know me, I was watching, I don't wanna be motivational rah-rah, I wanna be a little bit more detailed, I don't wanna be like, you can do, I don't want to, the problem is the details are so simple. Start a podcast, run Facebook ads, make content for every platform, it's super underpriced, go. I, all, like, anybody here who's bought an ebook or a course for over $500 to teach them something about digital marketing is not smart. I know. Digital marketing. There's plenty of things I'm comfortable with you buying a course for. You do it. But if you're talking about digital marketing, it's very simple. Written words, pictures, video, audio. Put it in LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Google. I mean, it's that basic. That's fine. That's not why you're not winning and not doing what you want. The reason you're not winning and doing what you want is somebody's opinion of you matters more than your opinion of yourself. Somebody's opinion of you matters more to you than your opinion of yourself. It's very true. And I'm so desperate to figure out how, you know, easy, you know, okay, cool, I'm up here, I'm on stage, we're inspired for a second, you're pumped, you're like, yeah, I'm gonna call my dad and tell him you. You know. <laughs> the problem is usually between right this moment and when you get home to make that call, it wears off. <laughs> right? And so people ask me, you know. Why do I keep talking? Why do I keep putting up blogs? Why do I keep doing my podcast? Why do you keep saying this? You know, some people yell at me. Gary, you keep saying the same things. Yes, I believe in them. Like, what am I supposed to make up something I don't believe in to talk about? Yes, I believe in it, because I know that for some of you, you've watched three years of my video content, and maybe this talk, because we're in the same room, is the one, maybe it's not, maybe you don't even know who I am, and this is the first time, and then you go watch a po- start listening to my podcast, and 19 months from now, I'll say the same shit I just said here, but maybe because of the night before, and the weather, and because it was audio instead of video, it clicks, because that's how this works. But I'm telling you right now, it is a mind game. And I'm telling you right now, and I've been spending a lot of time on this, it's about a couple of core things. And let me tell you one of the most important core things it's about, and this is a difficult subject matter, and I've never really talked about this on stage. This is something I've been thinking a lot about, and I'm gonna talk a lot more about, and I figured I'd bring something cool here. There's this premise I have in my mind about fake environments. Fake environments. What it really means is what happens when somebody's entitled? And the entitlement goes so far that the person's living in a manner that isn't predicated on what they're actually contributing. One of the things that I've been spent an enormous amount of time is what happens with the reverse of you, dad, when your parents are actually too good? What happens when your parents love you so much that they think the right thing to do is to subsidize some of your life by paying for it? What is that doing? Because I'm watching that very carefully and I'm using a very specific example in here that is obviously not gonna be real to everybody, So I want you to think about the premise more than the example I'm using, which is, are you living in a fake environment? Let me give you an example of a fake environment. When your idea of a business can raise a million dollars to start it, that's a fake environment. We're living in startup world in the last five to seven years, a ridiculous thing. You're a kid, you come up with an idea, and your business is worth $4 million to venture capitalists. That's a fake environment. That's why it will collapse. Why does real estate always collapse? Because fake environments happen. When people are making too much money for just connecting people together because a market is so hot, it's a fake environment. Cryptocurrency. Many of us were going to be trillionaires on the back of Ethereum, right? Fake environments are very dangerous. The number one thing that I thank my parents for is not putting me in a fake environment. Punishing me when I got bad grades even though they knew I would be successful, right? Accountability. Not buying me things or paying for my house or my Uber or my trainer or whatever. Once I got old enough, I'm out of the house. Here's for college, which I'm so grateful for, which is much more than most people get. And after that, the greatest thing that ever happened to me, because when you're hungry and there is no food, you go and learn how to hunt. But when you are fed and you didn't have to hunt for it, you become a zoo animal. And I don't know if you know what happens to zoo animals when once in a while, back in the day, they used to say, well, this is mean. Let's let the zoo animal back into the wild. And then that animal would die in one minute because it was in the cage in the zoo, everything was taken care of. When they went out there, the other animals killed them. And so fake environments is very, very important to me. And if you are on the drug of a fake environment, no matter where it comes from, I highly recommend you pay close attention to it. This is why so many people struggle with government. What's the right government, right? You know, I was born in communism. Sounds great on paper. If you go, go read Marxism. Go read it, sounds great. Until you realize it suppresses the human spirit, right? It's why big companies always lose in the end. Because nobody's incentivized anymore, because they get fed. Find a way to make yourself more hungry. I have kids walk in my room all the time, they're like, I'm so hungry, I'm so this and that. And I'm like, well go, work, go live with four friends in a studio apartment, sleep on the floor, be hungry. Whoa. You're not as hungry as you think you are. And so, but by the way, that's okay. I actually, you know, I think a lot of people misunderstand me. I actually have nothing to say to most people. If you don't complain, I have nothing for you. If you don't complain, I'm not interested in talking to you. You won. My basic premise of a winning human being is a person who doesn't complain. They are super content and happy with what is going on in their lives. That is maybe more than self awareness back to help. That's what I want for you. But if you complain or blame or don't think you have what you deserve, you need to shut up and realize it's your fault. It's your fault. If anything you're sitting in here right now and you're upset about, it's your fault. Stop listening to your mom and dad. Stop. Stop worrying about what other people think, and sell your car and take public transportation and use that money to go start your company. People come in my office and they complain that nobody's giving them any money for their idea. Gary, I can't raise any money. I'm like, because you're not good at it. Either your idea or you're bad at explaining your idea. The market is the market is the market. Gary, my music is so good, but nobody's listening to my SoundCloud. The only person that's telling a person who's got music on SoundCloud that it's good and nobody's listening to it is that person's mother. (laughs) The market is the market is the market. The market is the market is the market. Let me tell you the best part about blaming yourself for everything. Whether it's true or not, it's just a good idea. I'm telling you. You know, I'm putting out a lot of this content and people get mad at me. They're like, Gary, easy for you to say, rich white guy, there's this, there's racism, there's sex, I'm like, I understand. I'm like, you're right. Life is not fair. The problem is, now what? What, are you gonna tweet that it's not fair? <laughs> to me, mental strategy is interesting. Because I like doing things whether they're right or wrong. I blame myself for everything. Does it make sense to me that I'm, it's my fault and everything? I guess at this point I've been doing it for so long, you know how that happens, right? I just fully believe it. If I looked from the outside, if I were you and looked at it, yeah you would say that's not your fault, that's not your fault, that's not your fault. Here's the good thing, when you actually think it's your fault, you feel in control. Do you know why you are so upset and frustrated? Because you don't think you're in control. Because you don't want to be accountable. Accountability You know why people get uncomfortable when I talk about parenting? Because nobody wants to be accountable if their kid's not doing well, that they did something wrong. It's the ultimate devastating feeling. You love your child so much, right? It doesn't mean it's not right to talk about. We're living in a very, very special time, my friends super special time. We are living in easily the biggest shift in our world in a very long time and almost all of it is right here. You've got to start figuring out how to love yourself and I'm going to tell you right now because I see I'm over, (laughs) it starts, and I mean it starts with not listening to anybody else ever again. And then because a lot of you are like, okay Gary, that's fine, but my own voice tells me I I'm gonna help some of you right now and I've done this only on DM and it's like so, I'm getting goosebumps, it's so scary when I use this line with people, what happens? I've never done this publicly as well. When I tell you to cut every other voice out but yourself, a lot of you say that's the worst voice of all, right? I'm gonna tell you something very important that you need to hear, and it's maybe the most important thing you could ever hear, and I hope you hear it again and again and again, not just for me. If your voice is telling you that you somebody put that voice in you. Your mom, or your dad, or your grandmother, or your neighborhood, or your environment, well, whoever, or that terrible person that did something terrible to you as a youngster, they put that voice in you, you now think that's your voice. It is not. So please do me a huge favor, please let this keynote be the starting point because I'm gonna make it very basic. You have one life. And the most scary thing for me in the world is the look of regret on somebody who's over 80 years old. The scariest thing in the world, to me, in my bones, that I feel, is when I meet somebody over 80 years old and they have regret on their face. Because time is really close to running out and there's not a lot more they can do. When I look at this audience, the far majority under 60, you've got a load more time. And here's the most interesting part. And this is just the most fascinating thing about life. Everything that happened yesterday back, everything that happened yesterday back, means nothing. The biggest reason companies go out of business or lose market is because they're looking at the back and respecting it too much. The biggest reason most humans in here will not be happier tomorrow is you will spend tomorrow talking about something that happened four years ago. Seven years ago. Your mom did this, your, your brother stole this money, that business, you thought of Uber. Like all dumb <laughs> Literally, what happened Yes. by the way, why do you think I'm so hungry? For all the success, the thing that he read when I came out here that clearly I think my mom wrote, right, all those accolades, That's what I love about life and business. If tomorrow I start making bad decisions and I start doing bad things, it all goes away. 40 years of doing, 42 years of doing, probably 36 years of doing all the right things, all go away if tomorrow I start doing the wrong things. My friends, you with yourself, you with yourself, You with yourself, yesterday means nothing. You with yourself, know who you are, execute against that, and the best part is all of you know who you are. A lot of you are gonna say, I don't know myself. Uh Uh-uh, you don't want to be what you see. But once you accept that and get quiet and realize the past means nothing, then you can start the process of winning in whatever that means to you. Legacy, money, fun, I don't give a That's how life actually works. Start taking advantage of it, and the fact that we live during this time versus what your grandparents lived with means that everything I just said is more real, faster, bigger, better, that's the punchline. I wish you the best life ever. Thank you so much. Thank you. What up, Podcast Land? Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being part of this community. Uh, so excited about the Clouds and Dirt K-Swiss launch. Sneakers are now available. We uh, we upped the production dramatically because the limited edition sellout thing was super fun, but the reality is, this is just so f- silly. I just want to see people in the world wearing them. Like I just want to be in the airport and be like, there they are, there they are. So, up the production seriously. If you haven't gotten your pair yet, it would mean the world to me if, uh, if you've... Uh, if you are the kind of person that wears sneakers, it would mean the absolute world to me if you could pop a pair, cop a pair, roll with a pair, just get a pair.